This week's episode of Urbane Legends, the internet podcast about urban legends. Uh, This week, uh, we're very excited uh, because we're trying something that has never been tried before. It's in in podcasting. Um, So you might think that you're hearing me through your speakers or headphones at the moment, um, but you're not. We're doing a mixed media piece. I'm actually sat in a dark room, and I'm speaking to you via the gift of astral projection, whereas my colleague, who I'll introduce in a minute, will just be going through your speakers. So we're kind of doing a little bit of a mix here, which uh, I think is very interesting. Um, So my colleague, uh, as always, you know him, you love him. He is the uh, waiter at my favourite local burger joint. It is Mr... Neil Herbert. Hi, Neil. Are you excited about this... uh, this um, modern revolutionary experiment slash paranormal experiment that we're doing. Yeah. Finally, we're bringing hard science to the paranormal. That's what it's needed for so, so long. And I'm uh, obviously astral protecting into your head as well. How's that going at the moment? Are you you, you hearing me? Loud and and clear. I'd be interested to see what the levels are like on the recording, Chris, you know. Well, yeah, that's that's going to be difficult. But um, you'll have to do that because I'll be in this room for the next month to yeah. astral project whenever someone decides to play your section of the... Like a low-rent Snoop Skywalker. Like a very, very low-rent, like a back-alley Luke Skywalker. Um, and, of course, we met because you are the the uh, suave waiter slash sommelier <laughs> at my favourite burger joint. Yeah. I mean, you keep calling me waiter stroke sommelier, you know... <laughs> I run a greasy spoon. Yeah, knock up burgers and pull your pies. Yeah, my favourite, bur- my favourite of your burgers, as you know, is the gut buster. And oh, uh, yes. Neil, do you want to do you want to tell people what's in that? Yeah, so we start off with um, a bit of ground up kidney that we um, mm. put into a a mixture of meats in our burgers. So, so it's like a it's a whole pound of a mixture of. Yeah. Veal, beef, um, kidney, um, yeah, and offcuts from various different places that we get down Iceland, whatever's cheap. Oh, I mean, put that one up, and then just, just fry that in uh, in beef fat mm-hmm. um, with a Dripping. big round of chips, uh, egg on top, black pudding, hash cheese. brown, cheese. Oh yeah, well, triple cheese, triple cheese, um, chili sauce, second burger, um, mayo, second burger, another pound of meat over the top of that, fried chicken breast, fried chick, a whole fried chicken over the top of the two burgers. Bones. Um, this is all contained within an entire loaf of sourdough bread, mm. deep fried, um, deep fried, a pound of butter coating, um, both sides of those. Yeah, and then we, so and then we, because of course. Because the first bite chicken is pecoras. with the eye. Chicken pakoras and uh, and then we, we uh, sort of breadcrumb coat the whole thing and then deep fry that in more beef fat. It's gorgeous. And serve it with a side of chips. It's gorgeous. It's kind of like a munchie box inside a yeah. hamburger. And you've, got that, um, and you've got your... Oh, there's a pizza in the middle as well, isn't there? Pepperoni pizza in the middle, I forgot about that. Yeah, like a calzone. Can't uh, get that. And, yeah, and do you know what? 
I would say for eight pounds, that's a decent meal. It's good value. It's a and, good value. And you've got um, your special sauce, which um, which you use, which only you yep. have at, at your place. And yep. do you want to do you want to describe describe the flavour and texture of your special sauce? Um, greasy and pecant is how I'd describe that. And I, I can't, would, I I can't share any more because, um, you know, it is a secret after all. Is it a family recipe or is it something you stumbled across? It's very personal. That's all I'm going to say about the special <laughs> It's recipe. a personal recipe. Personal recipe. Personal recipe for for special guests. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I can uh, – what's that? What's that burger joint called again? It's um, – um, Fat Boys or Us or something. I don't know. Boys or us or something I don't know, burgers. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest with you. We do, we we tend to put more effort into the menu than we do the branding. But that's the thing, isn't it? That's, but, that, yeah. but that but that's knowing that people you've aren't done coming that. for the name of the restaurant. But that's knowing that you've it's done like that. We had, yeah, exactly. It's it's you know it's like when with we a name this no bad, name. the burgers must be good. Be good. Yeah, you know, or at least extremely uh, unhealthy. Well, or a lot a lot of calories for your buck. Yeah, exactly. You know, look, it's it's a once once, no more than once a day treat. That's what I'd say. Um, so Neil, as you know, I uh, I'm quite the TV aficionado. Yeah, absolutely. Just going to um, involve Pele again. Maybe. I would imagine so. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know yet. Not too good. Not so sure. So I've been watching uh, the latest series of um, The Sinner on on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's uh, what, I'm familiar with that. Perhaps you could give me an accurate description of what that's about, Chris. That would be helpful. I think I probably can. Yeah. Um, that. I'm not sure this one's got a lot of legs to it. <laughs> yeah. The title doesn't lend itself to a lot. Um, so, I think think Madonna videos start start there and see where you go. So, what, LA and a Madonna video. So what, yeah, so what it, so what it's about is it's um it's based in it's based in the early eighties, right? And it's about the um the cross dressing scene in uh, the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Okay, uh, and it's around uh, it's around a club called Sinners. Yeah. Called the called it's called the Sinner. So it's all about that. That, um, that Z at the end? No, it's an S. It's an S. Oh, okay. Oh, fair it, 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 was, it was before hip hop was big, so people didn't put Zs on the end back then. Fair enough. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's just really interesting because it's about um, you know it's it's an underground scene at the time. Obviously, America's very conservative. Um, you know, they've got uh, Reagan in the White House um, mm. and the AIDS epidemic's coming through. A um, lot of police corruption, so there's police raids and there's a lot of... Um, I mean, it's not for kids. There's a, there's a lot of um, cartoonish and bloody violence in it. It's mm. um, directed very much... The churches need to see? A lot of good... Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, a lot. I mean doesn't leave a lot to the imagination in fact some things that i saw were perhaps beyond my imagination um and so the 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 sort of person who owns the club the sort of queen diva is um is andre the giant um because he because i mean it's not known but he was he he did actually he did actually own 
this club in, in, I mean, he, he wasn't into the cross dressing himself, but he, uh, you know, he, he saw a good money making opportunity. Yeah. Um, but he's got contact. He's just not a judgmental man, Andre the Giant. No, you know, he's a, unless your wrestling moves are whack, in which case he has a strong opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not about your lifestyle. Um, but the thing, you know, some there's uh, there's the problems with the NYPD because they 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 think it's illegal, kind of oh, cross dressing, overreaching kind of their powers, no doubt. Yeah, there's like this really corrupt, corrupt kind of cop who. Um, Secretly cross dresses himself at home, but doesn't that you know? Doesn't that's why he's angry because he's kind of yeah. angry at himself as much as everything. And he's constantly going in there like with truncheons and like one of those tanks off police academy, which instead of a gun has like a a pushing rod at the end. Well, you know, I, to, I would imagine down the door, and that's um, that's he's played by a Pele. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, and so yeah. he's he's come out of the. The New York's favelas, of course. Yeah, he's um, risen up the ranks in the in the NYPD. That's it. Yeah, and he's got corrupted along the way. Oh, that's um, a shame. Yeah, and a lot of the problems are around. You know, he cross dresses and stuff, and because he's not comfortable with his sexuality, he it uh, gets addicted to dick pills. So there's oh, that's good. yeah. It's a shame. So you know, it's um, it. it's a slippery slope because he's also having an affair with. With one of the one of the the people, you know, and it's just, it's it's like the wire in that way, you know, yeah. it's kind of kind of shades of grey, and Pele. So, so you know, no, nobody's really nobody's really um, a good guy or a bad guy. It's uh, no, know. he's always he's always um, he turn, you know because he's you can understand why he's doing what he's doing, even if you don't agree with his actions. Yeah, I mean, it's a very human tale. It's a tale as as old as time, really. And um, I would imagine he's getting, um, you know, he's getting lent on by the corrupt mayor as well, isn't he? He's just, you know, trying to get a load of snooty housewives to come into town for the local gardening show. Yeah, the corrupt mayor. They don't want to see it, do they? Corrupt mayor is played by Colm Meany. Yeah, um, and he's he's new in New York, and he, he moved over because of the famine. Um, and I bet him and Pele have got some well good acting, you know. Yeah, Colmini and Pele. Light yeah. up the screen. Well, and because Pele's from the fellas, he obviously still has one foot in that world. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of stuff about gang politics. Um, you know, that, but he's got to keep his personal stuff. You know, like, no, no. He's kind of an outsider, like Omar in The Wire, in that sense. Yeah. But, but he's the chief of police. But he's, but he, well, no, he's a detective. He's a he's a head detective of that area. Oh, he's okay, the, he's a helicoptering. Yeah, detective. he's not he's yeah. not the chief of police. Chief of police. Um, uh, he's he's um, a Polish Polish man. Um, he's like you know, like from the sort of New York Polish families, and um, he's played okay. by Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. So they got him in. So you know, it's good. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you've got you've got the club where all this stuff's going on. Um, Pele's forcing people in the club to buy dick pills for him. He's cross-dressing at home. He's in a relationship, but then he's also going in and beating up people in the club. Idselba and Colmini are at loggerheads because of the um, all the, the the money coming into the docks. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, like it's a tangled web. That's all I'll say. Like now. A powerhouse TV, there, Chris. Yeah, and I think I'd give it probably 
An eight out of ten. Um, it's been it's already been signed off for six more series, um, twenty four episode series. Uh, each episode's about an hour and a half long, so it's a lot of good watching there. Yeah. And I hear, I hear, you know, through the great my through, through my uh, copy of Spotlight magazine, that yeah. Kylie Kylie Minogue might be joining the cast. So, oh. that'd be nice, wouldn't it? You want to watch out for. Mm. So there's just a little, uh, little got there in the end, didn't we? She's not, she's not had a uh, return to active for quite a while. It'd be great to see her light up the screen again. Yeah. Since the days of Neighbours and whatever film they made that was off the back Mortal of Neighbours. Mortal Kombat. Her and Jason Donovan. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. That was off the back of Neighbours. Um, no, what was that one they did? Her and Jason Donovan. The Young Ones like, or something? It was like a love story or something like that, yeah. They yeah. were like in the 50s in Australia or something and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't mad, that memorable, I'll be honest mad, with you. Mad Dog's an Englishman. Um, yeah, that was it. <laughs> um, so, Neil, uh, we are going to Scandinavia this week. Oh, nice. Neil, so there are, t- there are two things which anyone with a keen, keen sense and a keen eye would have noticed about you, having listened, oh, to, listened to the last... I don't know. I don't know which episode this is going to be, but let's say 40 episodes. <laughs> so like that. Yeah. over that time, they would have noticed you love, A, trains or trains-adjacent style vehicles. Is that you couldn't true? miss that, to be fair. You could hardly miss, miss that. And B, dead people. Yeah, well, what's not to like? Exactly. They like people, but they shut up. Yeah. So no, you you're going to like this because it is the Silver Arrow, the legend of the Silver Arrow, or the Silver Pilen, uh, because it's uh, based in Stockholm in Sweden. Train filled with corpses. Yeah. So Pilen being arrow in Swedish and silver being silver. So this this makes me immediately puts me in mind of the hilarious 80s comedy, The Silver Streak, with um, Richard Pryor and... Um... I forgot the other fellow's name. Gene, Gene Wilder, that's it. Yeah. That was the, the cross cross country train. Yes. It might have been 70s, actually, not 80s. I can't remember. I think it was, it was 80s, period. and it was that awkward period Early where 80s. they were trying to make Gene Wilder a credible romantic lead. Oh, I don't recall that. Yeah, like with a, the sexy young lady. Yeah, mm. Probably. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lovely. It always happens after You've been a while. Getting on a bit it? by then as well, wouldn't it? Because what was oh. Frankenstein was seventies, wasn't it? Mid mm-hmm. like, seventies, yeah. Oh, he's very funny, Gene Wilder. Yeah, I mean, Richard Pryor's fucking hilarious. But uh, there's just always that Hollywood thing, isn't it? That once, <laughs> once well, yeah. to get a certain amount <laughs> of uh, living with Adam, and yeah, you need to. Uh, then they, the, then they insist <laughs> on being. Well, how are you going to hit your four quadrant audience, Chris? You know. Little romance, little comedy, some yeah, but I mean, realistic romance. Probably should like have done someone, it. Someone racial aged. politics <laughs> back probably didn't age very well. Some you know, but like someone age appropriate or something would be better. But mm, no, absolutely. There we go. There so we go. Uh, I'll start off as always with Wikipedia, and then we've got lots of copy about this. I don't know the quality of it because, as always. The theme of the podcast is... It's not about the quality of the words, Chris. It's about the quantity of the words. It's the quality, not the quality. And 
Never be prepared. That's why my burger shack does so well. <laughs> it certainly does. If you saw where that meat came from. <laughs> I'd rather not. No, you would rather not. So, the Silver Arrow, or Silver Pilen, I'm just going to call it the Silver Arrow from now on. Yeah, if we can, that'd be good. Is the nickname of the Stockholm Metro train, which features in several urban legends and alleged sightings of a of the train's ghost. Hmm. So, production and history, that sounds promising. <laughs> oh, dear. The train was invented in... <laughs> The train is usually referred to as being composed of uh, silver aluminium model C5 cars. Only one such train composed of eight cars was built. It was manufactured in the mid-60s as a test unit in a fleet of hundreds of green metro trains. Silver Pilen was uh, the only one of the trains that have not been painted and therefore remained silver. Apart from its colour, air suspension a whining distinctive motor sound and outlying side doors, hence the increased passenger capacity. It was almost identical to the other Metro trains in service during its lifespan. Some passengers disliked its raw, unpainted look. Oh, oh. those fussy sweets. Let you save money. And it probably, you know, aids a little uh, bit on the... I think, I think these days that we'd prefer that look, wouldn't we? Well, it kind of, it's minimalist, isn't it? It's like everyone likes having brick walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, step back. So. Well, and it's like with those... Um, Cover those up with a bit of plaster and Dago rolling and a bit of Artex back in the day, but now you want to see it back as it, as it looked. Well, and like the um, Airstream motorhomes, the American ones, sort of famous mm. ones. Yeah, kind they, of iconic. They yeah. like, yeah, those in silver look better than if they'd been, like, I don't know, painted Some green. plastic thing or something, or, yeah, painted over mm. So... Starting from the point in which it was taken into production in the mid-60s up until 1996, Silverplin was sometimes used as a backup train, particularly during rush hour. The train was used as a backup on all the existing Stockholm underground lines, although more commonly on the red and green lines. Before and Chris, after- can, I, can I just check? Yes. Have we got to the urban myth bit yet? Because if no. so, I'm going to imagine me and, me and the Swedes are a bit different about <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> No, we're not there yet. I'll let you read more train facts. Hey, it, look, it's called it's called giving the backstory. It's all background. It's all background. It's all good. Thought you would have learned this by now. You realise when you get to the to the hook that this was all necessary. <laughs> so before and after its passenger operation, it used to run without passengers to the depot without stopping. Something people found odd. Hmm. Hmm. The interior of the cars were devoid of the usual advertisements and the walls bore signs of partially removed graffiti. The scruffy look contributed to the reputation of the silver pillin as different. The train was used in the 1993 film uh, Sokana, or The Seekers, a film which took place in Stockholm. In the film, neo-Nazi supporters can be seen abusing immigrants on the silver pillin as it approaches uh, Kungstradgarden metro station. Two people are later killed as they get pushed onto the track by the neo-Nazis and subsequently run over by the train, whose driver is powerless to stop in time. Oh, dear. So, urban legends. Shall I... Shall I go through the urban legends on Wikipedia or dive straight into the longer bit? 
like the longest stuff. Yeah, go, go for the longest. I guess stuff. go for the longest stuff. Yeah. Okay, so this is from Mental Floss, which we've used a couple of times before, and it's by Abby Norman uh, from October the sixteenth, two thousand and eighteen. The legend and truth of Silverpillin, Stockholm's spooky ghost train. I know I said I'd say Silverara, but it is saying it. I'm just reading what I've put. I haven't like said one thing and done another one. Not. I'm not tricksy. Well, I'm not. I'm not trying to pull what they claim. Not trying to pull pull one like over the wool over my eyes, but listeners can make their own mind up. Uh, right. So this starts out unpromisingly. Public transportation is a marvel of modern technology and a boon to city life. Oh, fucking hell. Abby. So, hang on a second. We've Abby. started with just a very, very thorough description of a train, a particular train, and now we are having a description of the concept of public transport. Well, I mean... Are, you, are it, they getting paid by the word here? I, they must be. They must, have, going on? they must have a certain word count they have to hit. Mental floss. Public transportation is more and more technology to boom to city life. In fact, it was... Imagine a world we didn't have public transport. (laughs) That'd be crazy. Well, I mean, it's not much better than that. But, full stop. But, if you've ever stood on a subway platform for half an hour, you know there are caveats. Do you know what, Chris? Sometimes the sort of train I see, I get, oh, I wish it was haunted. It'd be preferable to some of the cases that I had to ride in. (laughs) For the people of Stockholm, you can add haunted and will teleport you to another dimension to the list of potential train blitz. It'd be better than some tedious drunken idiot on the last train home, to be honest with you, and to listen to him. Oh, if I could just teleport away from this situation. Well, you've got to remember that I used to live in... I lived in Seaford for a year and a half, so it pretty much was like being teleported into another dimension. (laughs) (laughs) And there was drunken idiots. Yeah. The Swedish legend of Silverpillen, or Silver Arrow, goes back to the 1960s when the Stockholm Metro purchased eight trains made out of aluminium. Yep, I've got that. Trust me, I've got the Silver Arrows made of silver. The oh, material so was so standard so enough for the time, but most Stockholm Metro cars were painted green. The Transit Authority decided to leave these bare, which made them stand out for the rest of the cars. This wasn't the only thing that made the train seem unusual. The interiors were laid out a little differently, and they were missing the usual graffiti and advertisements. Soon a legend was born. Stockholm commuters, any com- uh, any components... You should just educate me on door. Swedish public transport and the aesthetics thereof. Oh, I know. So, uh, for Stockholm commuters, any component of public infrastructure so pure, so unblemished, must have been a ghost. Really? Is that where we're going? Well, is that a segue into something interesting? Or is is, is this just literally that the Swedes find a silver train that hasn't been painted a bit weird? Allegedly. And they go down to Ikea and complain about it over some (laughs) meatballs. Over some herring. (laughs) Over the train that was not painted. It's very interesting. Of course. I don't know why it sounds like the count from Sesame Street. <laughs> I saw one, two, three trains. <laughs> I wouldn't make love to you. Ah, ah, ah. 
Of course, any good ghost train needs a ghost train station. I don't think that's true. According to legend, the train's destination was equally unsettling, totally abandoned station known as Kindlinej. In Stockholm, there's a saying that loosely translates to only the dead get off at Kleinenej. So it's Eastbourne, basically. Yeah, basically. Polgate. As the corresponding story goes, once you board the Silver Arrow, you never get off. Not because you get murdered, but, <laughs> but because of time. <laughs> the oh, right. uh, oh, thanks, thanks for that. That was my assumption. Uh, not because you get murdered, but because the train gets stuck in some kind of time loop and rides for eternity. In another version of the legend, the train does stop. Is it just like the Swedish version of the circle line, and they just haven't figured out that it goes around in a circle yet? Wait, I'm back where I started. <laughs> Three hours have passed. What? Oh, well, might as well die here then. You know, if I was in America, I'd assume I was being abducted by aliens, but I'm in Sweden, so I'd assume it's a ghost train. You know, horses for courses. And it wasn't even painted, so that was weird. Mm. And, it was well, like, and it was laid out slightly differently. <laughs> I knew off. that. I knew. I knew at that knew point then if something was very my, wrong. My goose was cooked. <laughs> so, in another version of the legend, the train does stop eventually. What legend? What fucking legend? The legend of the silver train arrow. What's so? It's just a silver train. That's it. At the moment, that's what we're getting. But look, Neil, we're oh, very okay. early into this episode. I would say, you know, disappointingly early. Let's, you know, press, let's press on. Fireworks factory. Why do you keep saying fireworks factory today? Did you see it on TV or something? No, I don't know. I think I'm remembering that episode of The Simpsons. Was it Poochie or something? But in yet another version, Neil, another version of the legend. Yeah. The train does stop eventually. Amazing. But only only once a year. At this point, all the passengers have been on the train for so long that they appear to be among the undead. And they are unleashed upon the city in some kind of scenario out of the walking dead. So they've been stuck on a train for a year. Turned into zombies. They turn into zombies. And then they attack attack Stockholm. No way any of that can be fact-checked. The truth of the Silver Pillar and... uh, Kaimlidich is perhaps more interesting. The city of Stockholm was running the strip down train as a test. If the public didn't seem bothered by the bare bones trains, local transportation agency figured they'd be free to construct a cheaper fleet. But the people of Sweden thought the Silver Arrow, a nickname that seems to have popped up soon after the trains were introduced, looked derelict and frankly downright dystopian. The creepiness factor was such that even if the train was running and relatively empty compared to the grimy, old, familiar green train, Stockholm locals avoided it. Well, you know, that's... They've got... Some people just don't like innovation. Well, what I'd say, Neil, is that's fine for them because their government puts a lot of money into public work, so they have a very efficient system where you can go, no, I'll get the next one, whereas you can't do that in most of the world. You get on your silver train and liking it or lumping it, quite frankly. Exactly. And you can pa- and, and it'll cost you a month's wages. So Tell you what, Chris, Norwegians wouldn't turn their nose up at a silver train. Norwegians all have their own hovercrafts because they're oil rich. Yeah. They are the, the Norway is the Abu Dhabi of the North. That's what they call it. 
so while the Metro used the trains as backup during rush hours, so for decades they were never very popular. As for Kimlinage, construction on the station began just a few years after the so-called Silver Arrow started running. It was never finished because of the expected demand for the station tied to a nearby redevelopment project that never arrived. The bare look of the station must have reminded people of Silverpillen, or people just figured if you came across an abandoned half-finished subway station and you already have a creepy ghost train, you're going to pair them up. So hang on a second. So am I... Is 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 the the legend here basically that there was just some poor urban planning and some public snobbery, and then that led to people to think it must be a ghost train? I would imagine that if you're in Scandinavia, something like poor urban planning would be so unu- so, so unusual and shocking that you would assume that it was the work of the devil. Yeah. Or Loki. Oh yeah, it could be. Um. What's so wonderful about the story of Silver Pillar is that, unlike many other urban, <laughs> unlike many other urban legends, all the major pieces are real, Neil. There really is a silver really train and a never-finished abandoned subway station. In fact, the cars of the Silver Arrow train weren't decommissioned until the 90s. Despite the fact the train hasn't been seen on the tracks for generations, generations, it's the 90s. A generation, maybe. Yeah. The legend has been passed down all the way from the 90s. How old wow. is this Abby, whatever her name is? Wait, wait until I tell Abby about high, global hypercarriage. <laughs> <laughs> wait until I tell her about the <laughs> shit I got up to the 90s, Abby. Fucking hell. <laughs> Turn your hair white. Uh, the fact the trade hasn't been seen a track for generations, so has been passed down, and younger generations of Swedes still whisper about its ghostly presence. Uh, citation. And there is at least one, and there is still at least one place out, place, sorry. I'll start again. And there's still at least one place the out-of-service cars can be seen. At the Stockholm Police Academy. (laughs) (laughs) They're used to train rookie cops on how to deal with an in-process crime on metro lines. Though we're guessing <laughs> the training doesn't include ghost busting. <laughs> well, no, it would be very inefficient. I don't know why. That's the game nice British accent. I'm not sure who that was. I didn't enjoy that article very much, Neil. How did you feel about it? I'm filled with rage and contempt. <laughs> I still I just I'm just I'm not I I'm completely nonplussed. I th- some Swedes saw a train that was a bit, you know, infradig for their liking and decided not to ride on it. And then it didn't bother finishing off the subway station. Christ, yeah. imagine if they had to use a tube. I can't. Wooden floors on some of these fuckers. Um, well, I found the article that that person who we just... That kind of cool to me, this sort of like silver train. I think that looked quite slick. So I found part of the so I found the article which that person has copied and pasted most of the previous article from because this is an earlier article. Obviously, adding their hilarious stuff about ghost busting in. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. Well, you make you know they're trying to liven it up. You know, they knew they had a turd on their hands and they just tried to give it a quick polish. 
Unfortunately, they use another turd. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I apologize for the turd. Oh, turd. This is from Atlas Obscuria, the Silver Arrow, the real ghost train hauntings, the Stockholm Metro, and it's by... Any... It's the point where they're haunted. Well, that's what I'm hoping that our friend... Any tale of haunting. Our friend Eric Grundhauser maybe has some of that. It was just some little posh boys who like went down a council estate and assumed it was haunted because they got scared or something. Uh, so, uh, uh, so who's Santal? According to Santal, the train wasn't broken. Blah blah blah. So Santal is someone who wrote about it. As Santal tells it, the basic legend is that if you get on board the Silver Arrow. You didn't get taken to any stations. You just travelled and travelled and travelled and never got out. Swedish uh, ethnologist and urban urban legend scholar, uh, Bengt of Klinsberg. Hang on a second. It's got to stop somewhere to let people on. Nah. (laughs) So some some kind of magical one-way door technology we're talking about here as well. Why not? Well, you know. In Sweden, who knows? So, Bengt af Klintberg, who wrote about Silver Pillen in his 1986 book, Ratan i Pizan, The Rat in the Pizza, adds some of the legend's variants. It is only seen after midnight. It stops only once every year. The passenger in the train seems to be living dead with expressionless, vacant looks. A very common detail is that a person who just wanted to travel to the next station remained seated for one week in the Silver Pillin. Many girls dared not enter the trains, which they believe could be the Silver Pillin. Whatever the version of the legend, one might hear Silver Pillin spelled doom. By the 1970s, the legend of the Silver Pillin was widespread, well-known and growing. In the early part of the decade, the metro system was expanded, opening a new blue line in 75. And as part of this expansion, the Kynland Station, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and we get the whole sort of story between the actual thing. So all I'm getting here is... So I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is it. I don't think there's much more about it. <laughs> yeah, so it's literally just, you know, there's... I mean, the problem is we got into the very, very specifics of urban planning first rather than all, or, you know, public transport. So what happens is... So the legend is... Most, just, of the train, most of the trains are green. Once, you know, like one in 30 times you go down to the station, you'll see a silver one that goes, like, yeah. through or whatever. And you don't get on because you think, well, stuff that. Well, no, and, and because it's rare... It's aesthetic monstrosity. <clears throat> not a step into that. Because it's rare, then... People go, oh, that's the ghost train or whatever. You know, if it's kind of going, if it's not stopping at your station, it's just going through. And it's rare because it's they're, they're only used every now and then and it's silver and all the rest are green. Then people go, oh, it's the ghost train, you know, like people do. Because people like, you know, making up shit or well, yeah, absolutely. it's a bit of a laugh. And that, and then... That famous Swedish humour. <laughs> this is ghost train. Um, and then the... Kaim Lingul or Linge, Kaim Linge station was just a station that never got finished because they thought there was going to be a big housing project built there, and that's part of the infrastructure. But it it fell through. That appears to be pretty much. I mean, that's all fair play to Sweden because you've got very little to worry about. If you're you know, <laughs> the train looking a bit shabby, you're not, not going to get on it. 
fuck me. I, we wouldn't be riding around on public transport in the UK if that was top of our list of concerns. I think it grinds to a fucking halt. Well, and the fact that there's one station... I, mean, I think I've got another few ghost trains in my time. <laughs> just get on with it. Just put your headphones on and plough through that fucker. Well, and the fact that there's one like one station which they started building, but then the... the the deal fell through to build a thing. Like, that's now a ghost station because I just can't believe that something like that would happen, uh, that a project would fall apart. Whereas we're fucking riddled with ghost stations in the UK. Oh, yeah. Got them everywhere. Fucking with lous- lousy with them. <laughs> can't get enough of them. Got, got ghost underground stations, like closed tube yeah. lines and stuff. Well, they use them to store trains and stuff, don't they? Rolling stock, but, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, wolf, wolf explosives from World War Two. Some uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles in there. Yeah, so I think that's it, really. Um, there wasn't a lot about ghosts. Was there for a ghost train, Neil? That is by far the thinnest fucking premise we've ever come across. You said it? that so many times today, Neil. I don't know if I can believe it anymore. Well, it, it, honestly, it's like I thought we got to the bottom of the barrel, but I, I like. I, I think I think the problem is I mean if we maybe if we'd had the sort of the premise first and then gone through the explanation but we had the sort of explanation up front a little bit I think so um yeah there wasn't really much to it I mean yeah I guess there's a it's sort of like a ghost train but it's not really it's just a you know just try to save a bit of money and have a less slightly less aesthetically pleasing train although that's a matter of taste terrifying I'd say it's probably yeah. more aesthetically pleasing I'd have to see it, you know. Maybe, maybe it does look a bit. Oh, tacky, I've got I pictures of it all over. I'll share. I'll share my screen with you. Well, I will tell you what, Chris, they're not making a hilarious 1980s comedy with Richard Pryor and your, your man out of that scenario. That's all I'm saying. That's true. It's no silver streak. There you go. It's nice, isn't it? That looks all right. What's wrong with that? Well, I guess at the time... It's got an old-school charm, I would say. Well, at the time, that wasn't the style. To us, to our eyes now, it looks nice. But at the time, they would have been like, oh, this just looks like a tin can. It's a bit rough, yeah. Why haven't you painted it sort of thing? But I think that, I mean, I'd like like that. But then, you know, that's taste change, don't they? Um, Yeah, so, Neil, I think that's really it. I can't... I think this might be another short one. Yeah. At least we're getting a lot of rapidos done. <laughs> yeah. Whipping through these. We'll be able to just release a series of them. <laughs> well, Stockholm, if that is your, you know, God bless you, but if that's your best urban legend, then, yeah. Yeah, you could fucking live in the easy life, guys. Yeah. Fair play to you. I think it might be. Let's have a uh, YouTube. I can fuck off. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be. Fuck me. <laughs> Slightly declassé train. I've got, clearly got to try and move to uh, Stockholm. I've got it going on. And, oh, yeah, there's some, st- there's some stuff about um, some palaces being haunted. So, uh, I didn't really feel like doing Haunted Palace. No. You've been there, done that, yeah, a little bit. We'll have a look another day. So Neil, maybe we'll do a historical one sometime. But uh, if yeah. you can pull your pull yourself together for long enough, let's do some scores. 
You can stop. You've just blown my mind so much. You can stop your teeth from chattering. (laughs) (laughs) Or like a regular Scooby Shaggy Day. Oh, boy, school. Um, Well, it's got to make a ridiculously big sandwich. Right. Now, I know it's going to be high, but give me your spookiness. Well, I mean, and a blow by blow of why it's so spooky. Absolutely terrifying. I mean, a train that hasn't been painted. I can't, I just, I can't conceive of such a monstrosity. Um, good Lord. I mean, no, this is, there's nothing, nothing. I mean, because there's no real tale about what's, all right. So the one thing I would say is that getting on, I'll I'll give it, I'll double the points here because it should get one point. I'm going to give it two and I'll tell you why. The idea of like getting stuck on public transport for like weeks on end or something like that or having to sort of like, you know, Mm. knock about with some awful passengers for you don't want to hang on with for, for weeks on end. Yeah, that 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 passengers. for me. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, under passengers wouldn't phase me. I've that far worse. You know I'd rather that than far rather that listening than some, to their music on their mobile phone without yeah. headphones. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Why don't I play this out loud rather than put it on some headphones, yeah. Um Yeah. It's not very spooky. I mean, I think the thing for me is the distinct lack of ghosts for a, a ghost train story. <laughs> I mean, it kind of fallen at the first hurdle there. Oh, do you want to hear our story about a ghost train? Are there any ghosts in it? Absolutely not. Let, let, let me start around train construction in the 1960s. Could we not? And, uh, yeah, urban planning. And uh, some budgetary restraints that we had <laughs> due to the Krona dropping slightly against the Deutschmark. Um, yeah, I mean, all, all the cost of benefit assessments came out. It looked like a winner, and it and but but it didn't save any money. That's terrifying. <laughs> and what that means for Stockholm's project management in future doesn't bear thinking about. Back to the how, are you to, how are you supposed to write a business case? You never trust one again. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not scary, is it? I, Too mundane. There's just not... There's nothing... <laughs> there's not anything there. It's literally fucking nothing. I'll give it, I'll give it a two. Uh, right. What's the next one? Believability. So, um, <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, it is all too believable that this is Stockholm's spookiest thing, that like a bit of a bit of planning went slight ever so slightly awry. Like ever well, so no, slightly. Tried something different and it was like, really? I don't think so. So what happened? Did you lose loads of money? No, no, the, um, it was okay. And in the thought end, it might save a bit of money and people might not mind. Well, but no, people didn't like it, you know, and in the end uh, we hadn't we hadn't spent a lot of money on it and uh, in fact we gave it to the police force who have been using it for many years and so it has proved great value for us. <laughs> we just give it to a homeless charity. I'm only joking. We do not have homeless people. <laughs> like you, scum. <laughs> Um, so, um, yeah, it's believable. It's, it's probably believable as well that something that looked a bit rough and slightly out, rough and ready, slightly out of the ordinary, people were taken aghast by. <laughs> so, uh, I don't think it's haunted though, but, uh, believability, I'm going for an eight, Neil. How about you? 
Um, I don't know what I'm being asked to believe. It's the fact that this is because it's a, it's a little bit split for me because it's like the fact that it's a ghost train. Now, the, the thing is, is there anything? Stockholm, what I would say though, Neil, a ghost quickly. train for me is being powered by the devil. It's glowing red with fiery eyes and shit like that. But is there you know, anything, that's what I want to see on a ghost train. But is there anything more believable than a ghost train that has no ghosts? Because that is believable. It's less believable that a ghost train has ghosts. <laughs> but, but isn't well, isn't the urban myth that it is a ghost train? Because it isn't. It's just it's just a, you know it's just a an unpainted train. People call so it. Do I believe that, that Stockholm have an unpainted train and people didn't want to get on it because they didn't like the look of it? Yeah, I believe that. But then some people, you know, you know, made up rumours about it being haunted or people never being able to get off and stuff like that because they didn't like the look of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a five for me. Um, I yeah, obviously I believe the the whole um, background story because why wouldn't you? It's too tedious to, to think it was made up. But um, I don't believe that it's a ghost train. And to be honest with you, yeah, you, if if that's your standard for you know for ghostliness, you know, you, you, yeah, what do you do? Um, what you do? So right. uh, reach now, Neil. That's you again. Reach. Gosh, this one spread far and wide, and how, how couldn't it? You know, everyone's fascinated by 70s, um, you know, cost-saving mechanisms in Sweden. So that's that's um, that's going to be a big hitter. Um, now, again, it's another one where the internet just propagates this stuff, isn't it? And people need something to put at the top of their lists. I can't imagine people in Sweden have even heard of this one. It's so tedious. Mm, I think um, they have. Maybe, but I, I just don't see it going anywhere anywhere really much further past Sweden other than just people reading it up on a sort of on a listicle article um, yeah I'm going to give it a low one for this I it's recent it's based on real life and I can't see it being terribly compelling and spreading around too much I'm going to give it a two um, so I think it is quite well known in Sweden Stockholm um, possibly the other Scandinavian countries have heard of it because really, there's such slim pickings of urban legends and stuff around there. I mean, there's lots of legends and mythology and stuff, you know. But I've already forgotten le- what it is, Chris. That's how good it was. <laughs> but urban legends themselves seem to be quite quite thin on the ground. Um, so I think that it's probably known sweet around Sweden, possibly the surrounding countries a bit. But it's not it's not big, it's not old, and it's not clever. Um, and there isn't that many people in Scandinavia, really. So uh, I'm going to give it a three for each, Neil. Oh, although, it wasn't, although it wasn't GTA 5, apparently. But there we go. So narrative premise. Um, I mean, it's original and in that it's... It's kind of so, so what we think is stereotypically Swedish. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like how it came about. Ah, something, mm. something's not very nice. Um, so I mean, I mean, I do. These cushions are only 30 millimeters thick. Yeah, they're only 12 tog. This must be haunted. <laughs> <laughs> A 200-count, thread-count sheet. <laughs> it's so um, hard against my skin. It must be a haunted sheet. 
Um, I mean, I, I mean, the actual thing is the actual legends like very bad. It's a very very bad legend, right? But all but. It almost tips over into good because it's so fucking Yeah, but I'm trying to make my mind up whether it's... But all the stuff around it about it being sort of so stereotypical and um, the fact that Urban Legends came up because there was some uh, slightly less than perfect planning (laughs) on a public transport system. (laughs) But that's... I mean, I quite quite like that. And so I'm giving it a five now. Yeah, I think that's a thing for me. I kind of like um, most of this. I sort of like don't like at all, but it's just quite amusing to me the sort of the genesis of this this urban legend. But it's you know just they didn't paint a train to and save a few quid, and uh, <laughs> everyone was just like, "We're not getting on that." Um, and then, and then, <laughs> and then that side of it must be must be haunted, or you know, something. Because yeah, you know, this is all sort of I mean, all sort of places where yeah, I don't I know like, um, a weird a weird sort of snobbery. Yeah, the story itself is crap, but I think, yeah, I like you. The, the narrative is that there's a narrative. To, you could do like some meta narrative about yeah. it, some satire as to, you know, um, maybe maybe it's, uh, you know, people are a little bit too uh, snooty for their own good if they can't get on a, an unpainted train, even though it's uncrowded. So Don't get yeah, on that you, train. You can turn not? it into a hilarious comedy of manners or something like that. <laughs> um you know, just assume it would be funny if you um, were a bit more conversant with the language. Um, yep, yeah, so I'm going to give it a five as well, I think, on that basis. Okay, and that gives us 32 over legend points out of possible 80. A pretty low one, but we've had lower today. Saved itself with the, uh, with, with the weird narrative that's already made up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, so if anyone's listening in Scandinavia... And you have any better urban legends, then do let us know. But I mean, I'm finding very little to go on, and you know, I am interested. So, um, send us an email at urb.legends.podcast at gmail.com if you have anything for us to have a look at. Um, I personally think the silver train looks very nice, and I'd quite happily convert one into a, uh, a glamping site thing or uh, an airbnb or perhaps two into living quarters um it, and that's, it could um, be like um the uk phone boxes chris when we you know we disrespected our own heritage and got rid of them for those awful new ones cool. that just got vandalized and they sold them all around the world didn't they yeah people they did. like turn them into showers and things like that maybe yeah. that's what you should do um swedish town planners try and sell them. this is like a cult train well they've already been they've already been um they're in use with the police academy aren't they so well, make a wacky movie out of that then. Yeah. Um, right. Well, um, so I think what we've learned there is that there's nothing haunted in Stockholm or scary. They're just quite happily going along. And uh, that's what I'll leave you with this week. So thank you very much for listening to this episode of Urban Legends. And I will say goodbye. I'm just going to reflect on the fact that if Ghostbusters had been set in Stockholm, it just would have been about three men having to paint a train at the end of the scene and then <laughs> relieve passengers being able to get home on time. Oh, I would have been five minutes late there if we hadn't pulled off the handy. Goodbye. See you later.